Those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. This is Success with Srini. If it's professional growth, personal growth, financial growth, or relationship growth, we're talking about it. One show, one topic. Diving in deep with practical and useful insights that will change and transform your life. Welcome to Success with Srini. And now your host, Srini Sarapalli. Welcome back to Success with Srini. Today's podcast episode is again based on a question that I made up. Completely I made up. Not really. In fact, I just had a conversation with a friend of mine for about 30 minutes talking about Silicon Valley real estate. Where this is heading, where is this going, what's going to happen, and all that. Interestingly, that's not the only conversation I had. I have several friends who have been asking me about real estate markets in general, specifically Silicon Valley. And I thought I should record a podcast. Not because I'm talking to friends. We all talk to friends. That's not the point. But then... I have been listening to this question multiple times on radio. I have several friends who do shows on on radio and I'm hearing this question across multiple channels, across multiple shows, people calling in, asking questions like, where is this market going? Should we buy? Should we wait? If we buy, where should we buy? Should we buy in San Jose? Should we go to East Bay? How far can we go into the East Bay? I'm listening, I'm hearing all these questions. I thought, based on my interactions, based on these questions, I should answer this question myself. I'll tell you why I want to answer this question. First of all, I was a very serious investor myself. I bought and sold houses. I held apartment buildings, condos. I even bought houses that I rehabbed myself. Those were my glory days. And I also did seminars on real estate. In fact, I promoted some of the top real estate experts at my events. And I silently supported many of the real estate gurus to successfully run their events. So they picked my brain for putting people into rooms. So I'm very close to the topic of real estate. And I carry one of the largest libraries on real estate investing. And I had been to multiple seminars as a student myself, and I learned from the best of the best. So I have some understanding on the topic. But the biggest understanding is not from all this activity. The biggest understanding is from me investing and losing money in real estate while making money. I have lost houses to foreclosure. I have lost houses to short sales. That gives you an idea. I'm not doing this because I have a podcast and I just want to record a podcast. (laughs) Not really. I'm doing this because I see the pain in the market. I'm doing this because I have personally gone through it. And I also have this itch to go back and buy more at this point, seeing where this market is. The case in point, I think I have some credibility to answer this question. That being said, let's get into this. What to do? with the real estate market. If I'm a first-time investor, I'm a first-time buyer, what will I do? What should I do? So let's look into the indicators. So here is where, as I'm recording this, this podcast today, I do not know when this is going to go, when this is going to be live on my podcast. 
I'm recording, hoping that I'm going to give some value. I'm going to listen to this recording myself and I'm going to play this recording to my friends. If they like it, then I'm going to release this on my podcast. If not, I'm going to delete this. Okay, so that's the disclaimer. So there are a few indicators. First and the foremost is stock market. So at the time of recording this podcast, we have successfully completed one week of the stock market, the longest trek of decline since 2001 for one week. That's where the stock market is today as I'm recording. One full week is gone, losing. So continuously stock market is falling for the last seven days. So that's the state. So stock market is going down. This is the truth. Okay, let's look at the second one. Have the companies, have they started laying off people? Yeah, in a way, people, companies are starting to bring people back into the office and also have stopped, gone a little conservative on hiring. And there are one or two companies that I know for sure have started to lay off people. Okay, so layoffs are starting to happen. Interest rates are going up 5%, 30-year fixed, something, somewhere around there. So interest rates are high. And houses are starting to stay longer in the market. Multiple bids are going away. So these are the indicators. So all these indicators, they are telling that, yes, the market is slowing down. Let's accept the fact it is slowing down. Now, where do you as a first-time investor come in? If you're a first-time investor, then this podcast, today's podcast is again targeted for first-time investors, first-time buyers, because that's the question I'm trying to answer because I hear that on radio. So as a first-time buyer, let me tell you something. You will be as confused as today as you were or as confused you are today as you were just three months ago. Three months ago, we saw the real estate market at a 19 to 20% rate of return. Like if you put money in, let's say you bought a house in 2021, you probably had a 20% of appreciation, literally, by 2022, first quarter of 2022. Now Fannie Mae came out and now Fannie Mae is saying that, yeah, there was about 20% appreciation in the Q1 of 2022, but then... By 2023, end of 2023, we're going to have maybe 3% appreciation, not more than that. So they are now resetting the expectations. So Q3, Q4 of 2023, next year, 2023, towards the end, you will have only 3% appreciation. So if you buy a house in 2023, you're expecting to have 3% year after year appreciation, which was not the case at the beginning of this year, which is 20%. It's crazy. Okay. So we are going back to pre-pandemic levels in terms of appreciation that is going on there. And let's look at into the core question. The core question, when a caller calls on the radio, the core question they're asking is this. If I put money in real estate, will I lose money? The first default thought is that if we are investing into something, we shouldn't lose money. Of course, we want to make money, but we shouldn't lose money. Let me answer that part of the question. If you buy a house today, will you lose money? Based on my understanding, you won't. Because the only time the real estate market collapsed was back in 1930s. I was not born. My father was also not born. Maybe he was. So there was a collapse. 
and that was a national collapse. Then the second biggest collapse in real estate happened in 2007. And the primary reason why this 2007 collapse happened, which by the way is also at a national level, is because of over leverage. So there were no regulations. Anybody could borrow money. Anybody could buy money. People started buying houses with zero down. All that happened. So there were no conditions. There were no restrictions. And there were irregularities when it came down to lending. So people borrowed money. Me too. I also borrowed money. I bought houses for zero down. So obviously... There was no quality in the transactions. That is why it collapsed. Okay, fine. Let's take that into account. There was no quality in the transactions back in 2007. Everything that was leading into 2007 crisis. Let's look at now. There is quality in credit as of today. That means people are making money. People are putting down money to buy houses. And they're credible. As credible as their jobs are, so the stock market is credible, the jobs are credible, hence the investors are credible. If the job market is not there, if the stock market is not there, then they are not credible. So, at least as of today, the credit quality is good. That's what Fannie Mae is saying. And there is less leverage. That's what Fannie Mae is saying. So, people are not borrowing a lot of money to buy houses. So, they're putting down 10, 20 I think 20%. At least recently I started seeing 5%, 10% loans. But again, and now I'm also seeing interest-only loans coming in and you know term loans coming, all different kind of... So the fixed, 30-year fixed, 15-year fixed, those are... I'm hearing less and less of that and I'm hearing more ARM loans. Anyway, so point is, still there is less leverage. So given that this market is reasonably better than 2007, is what experts are saying. Now, clearly, let's go into the interest rates for a second. Interest rates are going up. Now, because of that, what it means is it's difficult to borrow. Let's look at construction for a second. Construction has to happen. In fact, by 2030, you need 2.5 million houses in California. We need 2.5 million houses in California. So construction has to happen. But construction will stop if the interest rates are higher because who builders cannot borrow money freely. So because construction is not happening, there will be demand on the existing houses. People will say, well, I'm not getting the price that I'm expecting as a seller. So I'm going to defer the sale. So there will be less houses for sale and hence there will be a demand. And because of that, I don't think you will lose money if you buy a house today. Now, if you ask any broker, any agent about houses, they'll tell you any time is a good time to buy and any time is a good time to sell. Understand, they are in an agency business. So they make money when you buy, they make money when you sell. Well, Honestly, the reason why they say that is because it's difficult for anybody to time the market. If your question is, and if your thinking is that you can time the market, you are incorrect. Because understanding real estate market is very difficult. Computational brains cannot figure this out. There are so many variables. It's very hard to time the market. 
we try, sometimes we succeed, sometimes we fail. I'm telling you that from my personal experience, I couldn't time the market. There's no way you can time the market. See, this is what's going to happen. And this is what's happening. Recently, a friend of mine bought a house and he was waiting forever to buy a house, an investment house, investment property. And he got it because I told him to do it. And he got it because he knew he was not buying it. He was getting it a $100,000 discount. I kind of got him a deal on this. Let me put it that way. He did it. Now, the point is, even though the market resets, let's say, by 20%, he's not going to lose the money anyway because he got it. He got this deal uh, 20% below the market. So he, he's okay. But the point is, there are many people who are who were waiting for this market to go down and they did not do it and they probably got into the market just now at the peak. And now the market is starting to regress. These people are going to get into a situation where they're over leveraged. They probably put in whatever the minimal down payment is. And they were confused to begin with. They did the deal because they never wanted to be left out. And any kind of a correction in the market, these are the first people to quit the market. Now the question becomes is, are you qualified to buy a house? That's a big question. Just because you have a job, just because you have investments, just because you're paying rent, you may not be qualified. I'll tell you what qualification is. And I also get this question. Long time ago, after I started investing in real estate, and when I started losing money in real estate, I, when the first foreclosure happened, I l went back and I said, where did I make the mistake? And the mistake was that obviously I had zero down on the property, but then I never understood the math. The math is simple. There is a finite income that you're making and a finite proportion of that money should go into a liability. A house is a liability. It's an asset, but it's a non-performing asset. That means you're living in it. It's not making any money. Yeah, you are avoiding to pay rent, but you are also banking on the fact that the house is going to appreciate. And when you sell the house, you're going to get back the money. But then that statement in itself needs a lot of other variables to play out. But given that you have only a finite income coming in and a finite amount of money should go into real estate, what should be the math? The math is simple. 25% of your take-home money should be the mortgage. Any mortgage payment that you make shouldn't exceed 25% of your take-home, net take-home income on a monthly basis. This equation is violated in Silicon Valley. I don't see this happening. I don't see this going this way. And I learned that lesson. And now I stay with that statement. That means I have to make a lot of down payment. That's where I'm going with this. How much down payment should we make? 100%. That's my standard instruction to everyone now. You need to, if you have the money, go buy the house outright. If not, figure out a plan where you should be able to pay your entire mortgage with 25% of your take-home pay.
because there are other expenses that are highly inflated everything is inflated so you you need to have enough money to deal with those expenses it's not just about the house if you get in into a situation where you are putting least amount of money and you are buying the most biggest amount of house and now you are dependent on your job and you are now a slave to that investment you don't want to be a slave to the investment i can tell you one thing for sure let's come back to the market for a second in silicon valley you see there has been no local crisis in silicon valley 1930 was a national crisis 2007 was a national crisis there is no local crisis so the market in general is very hot because the companies are here and all the dynamics are playing out now one time i was on a radio show a friend of mine has an incredible radio show and he got me as a guest there and he asked me question about the real estate market i said listen uh, i look at silicon valley real estate as the bitcoin and there are altcoins and there are shitcoins in crypto markets okay excuse my languaging here but that's what they say those are the appropriate words they use in that world given this is bitcoin that means starting from all the way from marin county and all the way to lahoya this strip of land is the bitcoin so if you put money into this it's going to hold its value and that's why bitcoin is a store of value it's holds its value yeah it's you know 52% down since the highest point as i'm recording this bitcoin is down 52% yeah it lost its value i understand i get it but understand that bitcoin was trading at 5000 just two years ago and still at 29000 and there are multiple reasons why bitcoin actually makes sense now i'm not promoting it but i'm telling you it makes sense knowing what i know about blockchain knowing about what i know about consensus driven mechanisms for transactions and stake up proof and knowing what i know about blockchain and public ledgers and consensus driven algorithms what i know i don't know a lot i know a little bit but whatever i know i understand the value of bitcoin so i look at this piece of land from lahoya all the way up to marine county this piece of land incredible land so best weather and all everything is going right i think that if you buy a house today let's say you do buy a house it's going to hold its value is how i see it now i'm not saying that you're going to make 20% or 15% that's not the point at least if you go by the the suggestion or the guidance that is given by fanny may 3% year after year is what this is going to go i think i answered the question at least i tried i said construction is going to keep the artificial demand going less construction is going to happen there's going to be more demand on the houses rental market is going to go up all that is true now there is an, another dynamic that i want to share with you which is if you buy a house and you pay off now you are in an incredible situation where now you can do what is called seller carry back transactions which means that about a year or two from now the way this economy is going and the way the inflation is coming in the way the markets are behaving let's say that we are and some people are saying that we are already in a recession let's say that this is true that we are in a recession and everything is going to pull back then with a paid off house you now are in a situation to finance your transaction if you want to sell so you become the bank you can 
qualify your buyers if they are unable to get a mortgage from traditional lenders so seller carry back is so i did this this kind of a transaction in 2005 2007 i believe i bought a house where the seller did the 100% seller financing for me and the seller did that because he was unable to find buyers who were qualifying through the general market at the time now Let's talk about interest rates for a second, and, and, and it's a very interesting thing that's happening. And this is another data point that I want you to consider if you are looking to buy a house. I'm sorry, this recording is going too far out and too long. I'll see if I can leave, I can publish this as a podcast or not. We'll see. I'm going to keep going here for a second here. Talking about interest rates from 1980 to ni- year 2000, the interest rates were consistently about five percent. the federal fund rate was above 5% but between 2007 and 2016 it went down less than 1% and why because quantitative easing came in and fiscal monetary policy changed fiscal policy changed money was pumped in fed was buying out fed was incentivizing and giving all kinds of stimulus and all that this was administration doing all this they wanted to keep the economy going very simple now in 2017 2016 with trump coming in trump administration we started for the first time we started seeing interest rates going up first time beyond 1% it almost touched 2% and that's when covid happened and again fed started cutting rates why was the interest rate kept low very simple so that banks could lend out money and lend out money for assets that are uh, much more valuable than the money they have on hand clearly real estate is is one such such asset where it's more valuable than the money that they had on hand so more money was available everybody did what they did and here we are in this current situation so what should you do as a first time home buyer to sum this up you need to put as much down as possible get a house anywhere between marin county all the way till padovato all the way till la hoya it's not about the location as much it's about your personal dynamic so if you can afford it by suggestion is 25% of your take home should be going towards mortgage not more than that so if you can afford that if you somehow can make that math work then go buy if not renting is okay now the question is will rentals be available that's also a question that's a whole different discussion itself we can pick it up later on as you see this is a never ending discussion it's very situational it's very personal so it's very hard i see people trying to answer these questions on radio it's hard to answer this question It's such a personal thing so so many variables playing and interplaying and usually when somebody is looking to buy a house first time it's not about one individual there is a couple of other people involved in the back it could be their spouse it could be children so there is more to this but i'm going to tell you something the math is always right you got to get the math right it doesn't matter what your personal situation is it doesn't matter how many jobs you have and what all you're going to do and where all you're going to live all that it doesn't matter One more question also before I wrap this up. Should I buy a house in Texas and you know this was a question I heard before too. No comparison. 
Okay, no comparison. There's nothing that compares with Silicon Valley real estate. I made the comparison very clearly between Silicon Valley real estate and Bitcoin. So there is no substitute to Silicon Valley real estate, not that I know of. Okay, I'm going to stop here. I know you'll have questions. If you do, just let me know. 888-818-0404. Text me and I'll wait for your questions. And I'd love to answer your questions on this topic. Okay, that's all for now. Wherever you are, be safe, take care. I'm going to go back and listen to this recording. If I like it, I'm going to publish it. If not, it never happened. You'll never come to know. Okay, bye now. You've been listening to Success with Srini. Srini is committed to changing and transforming your life, whether it's professional growth, personal growth, financial growth, or relationship growth. Srini has positively touched the lives of over 1 million people through his seminars, webinars, workshops, and radio shows. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit up the YouTube channel at Success with Srini and the website at www.srinisarapalli.com. Remember, improvement begins with I. See you next time on Success with Srini.